Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello and welcome to the week four preview and picks edition for college football. Um, one small news piece to go over, then we'll go over last week's um, upset games. Then we'll talk in depth about the AP Top 25 matchups coming up this week. Then a couple other games I found interesting for the weekend. Then we'll go over my best bets from last weekend and this week's picks for best bets. So we'll start off with the one. It's not that it's no news, but it's not news that we have enough information to have a full-blown conversation about. Um, Michigan State announced that it has... It has begun the process of firing head coach Mel Tucker for cause as they continue their sexual harassment probe. Don't know enough to definitively say what's going on or what happened, so I'm just relaying the news that that job is about to become open. So, skipping ahead from that, the week three upsets that we saw, only two of them, Florida defeated number 11 Tennessee 29-16 in the swamp, Uh, Joe Milton Excuse me, 287 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, leading the Volunteers. Brew McCoy, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Brew McCoy, five receptions, 94 yards, and a touchdown out wide for the Gators. Graham Mertz, 166 yards, one passing and rushing touchdown each. And Trevor Etienne, 172 yards and a touchdown out of the backfield. Uh, Missouri, the other game, defeating number 15 Kansas State 30-27 on a 67-yard walk-off field goal. Will Howard for the Wildcats, 270 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Brady Cook for Missouri, 356 yards, two passing touchdowns, and a rushing score as well. Wide receiver Luther Burden, seven receptions, 114 yards, and two tutties for the wideout. Um, this week's AP Top 25 games, all coming on Saturday, September 23rd. Uh, Rutgers at number two, Michigan. The Wolverines are 24-point favorites at home. Michigan running back Blake Corum has six touchdowns through three games so far this season and added 101 yards last week against Bowling Green. Um, on the other side, flip side of the same coin, Michigan may be winning its games with ease and seemingly doing so in slow motion with their pace of play being ridiculously slow. But J.J. McCarthy threw three interceptions against Bowling Green. He threw three interceptions in the total of the 2021 regular season. So, not exactly the most confidence-inspiring performance from Michigan there. Next up, number four, Florida State's a a point-and-a-half favorite going to Death Valley at Clemson. The battle for the ACC, or at least it usually was anyways, it may now be determining just one half of the ACC championship game come December. The Clemson Tigers slipped up against Duke, but have a chance to redeem themselves against the Seminoles, who struggled last week with Boston College. But was that FSU actually struggling, or were they looking ahead and prepping for Clemson this week, knowing that this game will likely determine the rest of their season? Quarterback Jordan Travis did appear to bang his shoulder up against Boston College, and wide receiver Keon Coleman didn't catch a pass in that game, but I'd expect that both Florida State stars are going to be on the field and playing through whatever issues they have in their biggest and toughest game of the season. Number 16, Oklahoma welcomes Cincinnati to the Big 12 at, I believe it's Nippert Stadium in Cincy. Oklahoma is a two-touchdown favorite on the road. Uh, Oklahoma quarterbacks threw five interceptions last week against Tulsa, the most for Sooners quarterbacks in a game since 2003. 
uh, on the positive side, Dylan Gabriel did throw for 421 yards and five touchdowns for that side of the spin. Then we have the game that's going to be the most watched, and I can tell you that because Colorado has had the most watched game every single week since college football began. Number 19, Colorado is traveling to Eugene to take on number 10, Oregon at Autzen Stadium. The Ducks are 21-point favorites at home. Colorado will be without Travis Hunter for sure and possibly some of their starting offensive linemen. Bo Nix for the Ducks has thrown for eight touchdown passes at a 75% completion clip through the first three games of the season. Only Marcus Mariota has done that for Oregon in the last 20 years as well. But on the other side of the field, only four times in history has a team started 3-0 after losing 11 games the year prior. This Colorado team is one of them. Colorado was down and had to storm back to force overtime before eventually winning against Colorado State as a 21-point favorite at close. Personally, I think this is the week that we see the Buffaloes take their first loss. I'm not set that it's going to be the blowout three-touchdown fashion that the books are projecting. Sorry, words escaping me right now. Number 22, UCLA at number 11. Utah is next up. Four-and-a-half-point favorites for the Utes. Since joining the Pac-12 in 2011, Utah is 22-0 in home non-conference games. Utah has been winning games this season without starting quarterback Cam Rising, but you'd think if they'd been saving him this whole time, he would be back for this Pac-12 opening game. Let's not forget, Utah was saying that Rising had been cleared for full practices the week of their season opener, and he just hasn't suited up at all yet. So, look for him to possibly be back for this one. UCLA, though, scored six rushing touchdowns last week against NC Central, their first win by 50-plus points since 2012. Number 15, Ole Miss, travels to Tuscaloosa, taking on number 13, Alabama. The Crimson Tide are seven-point favorites at home. Alabama's 17 points last week were the fewest scored against an unranked opponent since 2014, the fewest against an unranked opponent since outright losing to Louisiana Monroe in Nick Saban's first season in charge of the Crimson Tide. Alabama also announced they will be going back to quarterback Jalen Milrow as they start SEC play with this matchup against Ole Miss after Tyler Buckner and Ty Simpson really both failed to impress against South Florida last week. Nick Saban also pointed out sacks have been a consistent problem for an offensive line that was projected to be one of the best in the conference. The Tide had given up four sacks in their first two games before allowing five to South Florida. Ole Miss, on the other side, they've scored 158 points in the first three games of their season, the most in school history for a stretch like that. Number 18, Duke travels to Connecticut, taking on the UConn Huskies. Duke Blue Devils are 21-point favorites on the road. Duke has now won three games in a row by 20-plus points, only the second time in the past 60 years that this has happened for the Blue Devils. Next game up, number 20 Miami is a 24-point favorite at Temple. Miami has scored 35-plus points in the first three games for the first time since 2016. UTSA at 23 Tennessee, 20.5-point favorites are the Volunteers at home. Tennessee's loss at Florida last time out was the third fewest points scored in a game by the Volunteers since Josh Heupel took over as head coach. Tennessee still hasn't won at the Swamp since 2003. Arkansas taking on number 12 LSU in Death Valley. I believe that's what we call it for the Clemson Tigers and LSU Tigers, but LSU is an 18-point favorite here. LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels set the school completion percentage record at 88.2% last week against Mississippi State. 
The defense looked good as well, allowing only 201 yards of total offense to Mississippi State. Then we have number 14, Oregon State, 2.5 point favorite on the road at number 21, Washington State. Oregon State quarterback DJU threw a 75-yard touchdown pass against San Diego State, which is the longest of his college career, and ran in another touchdown for the Beavers last week. But he also threw two interceptions in that game as well, so you're getting both the good and the bad every time he steps out on the field. Washington State quarterback Cam Ward accounted for five first-half touchdowns for the Cougars against Northern Colorado this week. Pullman is always a tough place to play, so look out for the, I guess it's outright upset, lower um, lower ranking, and they're the betting underdog, so look out for the outright upset this week um, for the Cougs. Charlotte at number 25, Florida. The Gators are 28-point favorites at home. Florida running back Trevor Etienne had a career-high 172 rushing yards last week, which was also the second-most all-time for a Gator against Tennessee. UAB at number 1, Georgia. Um, Going down in Athens, the Bulldogs are 41.5-point favorites against the Blazers. Georgia trailed by double digits at halftime against South Carolina for the first time at home since 2015. With the win, they became only the 8th SEC team ever to win 20 games in a row. Georgia faced its first real test last weekend against South Carolina and most likely earned like a C grade at best. They did get the win, but they trailed 14-3 at halftime against South Carolina. Not exactly the best look for the two-time defending national champions. Number 3, Texas, 15.5 point favorite on the road against Baylor. For the first time since 2012, the Texas Longhorns are 3-0 to start the season. They had been one of the only four Power 5 schools to not have a 3-0 start in the past decade. This is the big one for the week. Um, biggest ranked matchup and probably one of the bigger rivalry games you'll see. Number 6, Ohio State is a 3.5 point favorite on the road at number 9, Notre Dame. Ohio State scored more points against Western Kentucky last week than it had in the first two games combined, uh, 63 against Western Kentucky for 58 the other two games. Marvin Harrison Jr. is the straw that stirs the drink for the Buckeyes, going for five receptions and 126 yards last week. Kyle McCord was officially named the starter before the Buckeyes played Western Kentucky. I'm still not totally convinced that he's actually any good. I kind of think he just has the job because he played quarterback for Marvin Harrison Jr. in high school as well, but... On to the other side, if you include the end of last season, Notre Dame has scored 40-plus points in five straight games, the longest streak in school history. Sam Hartman threw three touchdowns last week, while Audric Estime ran for 176 yards, while the offense put together 41 points and 578 yards against the Central Michigan Chippewas. Number 24, Iowa, at number 7, Penn State. It's a 14.5 points being laid by the Nittany Lions. Penn State had only forced two turnovers in the first two games of their season leading up to last week's win over Illinois, a game in which they forced five turnovers against the Fighting Illini. On the other side, Iowa's LaShawn Williams rushed for 145 yards on 12 carries as Iowa scored its season-high points total against Western Michigan, a 41-point explosion for the Hawkeyes. Then we have number 17, North Carolina, a 7.5-point favorite at Pitt. UNC quarterback Drake May became the fifth UNC quarterback to post multiple 400-yard passing games, which came against Minnesota last week. Uh, Nate McCollum tied the school or fourth, sorry, tied for the fourth most receptions in a game in school history with 15 catches for the Tar Heels. 
Number five, USC is a 33.5 point favorite on the road against Arizona State Sun Devils. Caleb Williams is kicking off his Heisman campaign with a strong case for a repeat, going 55 of 70 passing for 878 yards and 12 touchdowns with no interceptions so far. Last but not least, Cal at number 8, Washington, the Huskies' 21-point favorites at home. Michael Penix has thrown for 1,332 yards through his first three games, the most such yards since Davis Webb at Cal and Patrick Mahomes in Texas Tech in 2016. Washington so far has won every game this year by at least five touchdowns. Some other notable games throughout the schedule on Friday the 22nd have NC State a 9.5 point favorite at Virginia. It's a border battle, plus we have the Brennan Armstrong drama coming from Virginia to NC State. Um, but yeah, the border battle, uh, Brennan Armstrong revenge game. Great angles, right? Boise State's a six and a half point favorite at San Diego State. In most years, this is the battle for the Mountain West Conference. You know, whoever's going to play in the conference championship game. This year, San Diego State looks a little weaker, but still one of the better rivalry games that you'll get in a group of five conference meetup. Then on Saturday, the 23rd, Auburn at Texas A&M. The Aggies are eight point favorites at home. Auburn still getting used to the culture shock of Hugh Freeze and Texas A&M is still trying to figure out how to get rid of Jimbo Fisher without paying the massive buyout he's got on his contract. Um, if Auburn pulls off the upset, look for that talk to just intensify. Then we have Kentucky laying 14 points on the road at Vanderbilt. Let's not forget that Vanderbilt outright upset Kentucky last year in Kentucky. Just a little heads up on that one. Don't get your hopes up that Kentucky's going to smash them. Um, then we got SMU at TCU with the Horned Frogs being six and a half point favorites. This is two teams that want to score like 50 points a game on each other going at it. I remember last year SMU and Houston combined for like a 70 to 60 kind of game. Could be looking at something relatively similar to that in this matchup. We got BYU at Kansas with the Jayhawks being nine and a half point favorites. BYU getting welcome to Big 12 play with who perennially beforehand was one of the worst teams in the Big 12. Now one of mid, like mid-level like mid to high-mid-level Big 12 team. But BYU's used to playing tough schedules like they did when they were independent. And now they're going into an actual conference. This should be a good one. Uh, also joining the Big 12 was UCF. They're going on the road to the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, against Kansas State, who is now unranked after losing to Missouri. The Wildcats, uh, they're laying six points in this one. Uh, UCF in still missing John Rice Plumley, their starting quarterback. They're a different team away from home to begin with. Also losing their starting quarterback. This one's probably not going to be too pretty for the Golden Knights. Reviewing my best bets from last week, though. Fresno State minus Arizona State was the first winner on the slate with the uh, Fresno State Bulldogs blanking the Arizona State Sun Devils 29-0. I also had Wyoming plus 29.5 at Texas. They were tied 10-10 heading into the fourth quarter, and Texas ended up winning by 21, still letting this number cover. Oklahoma minus 27.5 at Tulsa. The Sooners took Tulsa to the woodshed, though. 66-17 was the final there. Easy cover there. LSU minus 9.5 at Mississippi State, which the Tigers won 41-14. The losses were Western Michigan plus 28.5 at Iowa. Was covered until Iowa went for it on fourth down 
at the very end of regulation to get the cover across the line for the Hawkeyes. And Kansas State minus 3.5 at Missouri was an outright loss on a 61-yard walk-off field goal for the Tigers. And Florida State minus 26 at Boston College, which Florida State trailed and probably really didn't deserve to win. 31-29 to was the final score there. But this week's best bets, we are 7-9 now on the season. Um, this week... Uh, we got to start off with Kansas State minus six at Bet Rivers against UCF. Like I kind of mentioned, Kansas State winning the league last season. UCF without their starting quarterback that stirs the drink, kind of like Marvin Harrison does for Ohio State. And Kansas State's pretty well fully healthy. Coming back home after losing to a rival, they're going to take all the frustration out on UCF. Notre Dame plus three and a half on Caesars versus Ohio State. You mean to tell me this is one of the best Notre Dame teams in years and they're going to have Ohio State come in and just walk all over them? No, not a chance. Notre Dame has the best part of their team is likely their secondary. So don't expect Marvin Harrison to put up massive numbers in this one. I think that the very least, even if Notre Dame doesn't win, they keep it within a field goal. Sam Hartman has unlocked, you know, the passing game in the Notre Dame offense. Audric Estime facing lighter boxes is exploding for some huge runs and getting big games every single week. This team is extremely balanced and loaded on the roster, so look for them to even possibly outright upset the Buckeyes. Southern Miss, I got a minus 5.5 on FanDuel going to Arkansas State. Southern Miss with Frank Gore Jr. who can run, pass, and catch all across offense, and he will do all three in most games. Going against possibly the worst FBS team in Arkansas State, certainly one of the bottom, say, 15 teams in the country for sure. Just haven't put up much of a fight against anybody, and now you're telling me Frank Gore Jr., someone that no one talks about on a national landscape but is one of the more entertaining players in the country, is going to face them? Yeah, I like Southern Miss in this one. Then we have Oklahoma State plus three and a half at Iowa State. Got this on DraftKings. Iowa State still like missing some kids from gambling suspensions. Also finding out some more constantly. Just not having a full strength roster. Oklahoma State's looked decent so far this season. And I think even if they lose kind of similar to Notre Dame, they're going to keep it close. Ohio is a wagon. So hop on the minus 12 and a half at FanDuel against Bowling Green. Bowling Green perennially a bottom half of the Sun Belt or Sun Belt. Wow, I'm sorry, I misread for the last. I'm thinking Arkansas State still how bad they are. Bowling Green is typically a bottom half of the MAC kind of team. Ohio, simply put, is a wagon. They're actually playing really solid defense this season, more than just saying that they're a wagon. Uh, getting tackles for loss, sacks, everything making it easy on the offense to not have to go out and be superstars, less pressure, their scoring points, and stopping the other team from scoring. I like Ohio here. Ole Miss, plus seven at BetMGM against Alabama in Tuscaloosa. We already saw one of Nick Saban's former um, coordinators, associates, whatever you'd like to call um, the coaches that come in and leave after a couple seasons. Um Lane Kiffin feels like he should have won last season when they were leading and gave up the lead late in the game to Alabama and let him escape with a victory in um, Oxford while blinking on where Ole Miss is, excuse me. But uh, yeah, feeling like they let Alabama escape last year, Lane was disappointed, like not afraid to show it at the podium either. I think they come back 
And even if they are a fool's gold kind of team, they're going to put up points and at least make it interesting in this one. Vanderbilt plus 14 against Kentucky. That's on DK as well. Like I said, they outright upset Kentucky last year with probably a worse team and Kentucky having a better team. Now Kentucky basically has Devin Leary at quarterback and I'll wait until I think of the next guy. Uh, Vanderbilt definitely better all-around roster from last season. More motivation. I think alarm bells should be ringing for Kentucky here for maybe an outright upset by the Commodores. But last but not least, Oklahoma minus 14 at Cincinnati. I think the way that Oklahoma has been blowing teams out, the chemistry and rhythm between quarterbacks and wide receivers is going rather swimmingly. And Cincinnati in for a rude awakening, starting Big 12 play with possibly the toughest test that they could get, even if it is at home. Two touchdowns is not a lot for a team that can score 70 on any given week. So, unless Cincy has a stellar defense show up, I like the Sooners in this matchup. But that is all I have for the Week 4 preview and picks. So, hopefully we make some big money and... uh yeah, hopefully I predicted everything solid, but I'll talk to you after this week's over. Hopefully enjoy the weekend slate, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.